0: There's a point where you have to draw a line in the sand and you have to go, look, has that has that thinking myself through life brought me a 200% life? Has it brought me true fulfillment, true peace, true love um, and, and a real sense that I'm here fully doing what I'm here to do? Has it brought me that? And if there's any sense of I'm not sure, then that's your answer. Um, and so if you keep doing... same thing over and over again expect a different result that is the definition of insanity and most of the world is insane because they keep relying on 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 you know thinking to try to get them out of problems that have been created by thinking and you can't solve a problem with the same thing that created it in the first place hello and welcome to the mind detox podcast Here, we're going to discover a new way to think, feel and heal while exploring our spiritual side. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging, also known as the Mind Detox Monk, because, well, I'm a monk and a meditation teacher. And for the past 15 years or so, I've been working with people from around the world using a method that I accidentally created called Mind Detox. Mind Detox is all about curing the unconscious causes of physical, emotional, or life issues. So stick around if something is going on in your body, emotions, or life, and you don't know why, because we'll be exploring the possible mind-based causes during this or an upcoming episode. As a monk who's written 12 books and meditated for thousands of hours, the topics of inner peace and living in the present moment will most likely be a thread that runs through many of our episodes. So stick around again if you want to stress less and be still more. This podcast includes highlights from my online club and academy meetings, expert interviews, guided meditations and more. All so that you can cure the cause and master peace. For today's episode, I share a different kind of chit-chat because this time I'm the one who's gonna be interviewed. During the next 60 minutes, my friend Arjuna and I talk about my books, my life philosophies, my past failures and frustrations, the advice I'd give to my younger self and why we can all access so much more power, peace and potential
1: by living in the present. Hello, Sandy. Thank you so much for joining me. It's, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Um, perhaps just tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll, we'll go from there.
0: Well, I am a monk, meditation teacher, uh, author, uh, and I spend most of my time doing uh, one-to-one mentoring. And I have an academy where I teach people techniques I've created over the years. And uh, so I do like a combination of, you know, my monk day, which is like, uh, my name is Sutra Atman, and I, I have, uh, I teach Ascension meditation, which has really changed my life and stuff. And I also uh, create a thing called uh, which is uh, kind of almost like often a stepping stone to Ascension or sometimes enough for people, depending on their own personal uh, desires in life. Um, but my, essentially my, my passion is about peace and spreading as much of it as possible uh, while i'm here
1: cool because you've you've not only written you've written something like 12 books yeah that's a that's incredible to me having written one <laughs> how do where do you find the time and the also the inspiration to come up with so many amazing techniques and so many amazing words to help people well i think at this point i
0: might need to go to books anonymous or something um <laughs> I, I do see It there seems to be a bit of an addiction at this point. No, no I'm joking, but I find that books give me uh, clarity. They're uh, a massive form of meditation for, for me. Um, you know, my very first book was an accident. Um, I was just preparing for a workshop, trying to get clear on what I wanted to do with this workshop I was running. And I just started writing and I, I called my friend up and I was like, Oh, I think I've written a book. Um, and then every, every time I've sat down to write a book, it's been because I've wanted greater clarity. I've wanted to um, have a chance to spend a pronged period of time on a particular subject and see what comes through. Uh, I think if you're, you know, I've been doing this kind of work for, f- you know, 15 plus years. And, and if you're going to not just be repeating yourself all the time, you need to have space in your, your, your life where you can, uh, Allow new stuff to come through, or new ways of saying old things, um, and so the the books have, have been a combination of just you know a particular topic I've really been fascinated in, or a technique I've I've created, and I want to like uh, help as many people as possible gain access to that technique, whether it's mind detox or mind calm or calm cure or whatever. So yeah the the question was what how do you how do i find the time <laughs> well, um, well yeah, it's it's a bit, it's changes you know like um the, the last few books i've done with hay house i've i've gone away i've literally you know i've gone to america or whatever and just spent like two months or so on my own uh writing and i found that amazing experience to do uh, my life is changing i don't really uh, want to or have the, the time to Disappear, you know, just for a few months. Uh, so my most recent book I wrote, you know, in life, which was a completely different experience, and and it just it did require me to have really clear communication with my girlfriend uh, about you know um, I'm writing now and I normally go away, so I'm kind of away, but I'm here, kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it was it was really it was a real lesson in in being present and being open to whatever life presents because. You know, i was still in a relationship, having a life, um, and and so even though I was in in the project of writing, it was a real exercise of if something else was presented, like for example, my girlfriend came to ask me something or whatever, I would be willing to change my attention and and move over to to her or whatever the other task was, which is which is quite a was was a new experience for me to be honest. But it's it's a really uh, wonderful thing writing books. I really enjoy it um i always when i sit down it's like the first the first thought is what what am i going to write about <laughs> how, how am i going to write a book it's um you know although it might look oh you've written 12 so it's easy it's 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 <laughs> always a, it's always a monumental task to write a book um it demands you to go places you've not know been I mean, before and and you know it's it you learn a lot about commitment uh am one point focus uh when you're writing books because you know many people start books but they don't finish books. You know? I'm I praise you for finishing a book. You know? Yeah. Uh, I know when you came to me with the original kind of ideas and stuff, it's it was like, okay, now you've got the idea, now you've <laughs> got to write this thing. And you like, Yeah. But you went away and did it, you know, but you know what it's like. It's it's not always easy. It's it's sometimes it dries up. Sometimes it's like You've done a, you've perfected a paragraph in a whole day, and sometimes you've written a chapter or more, um, and it's it's an act of surrender and, and literally free falling uh, through the pages, and before you know it, <clears throat> there's this entity of itself um, at the end of it, which I find very rewarding.
1: Wow, wow, because you do you do a, a mentoring package where you help somebody write a book. You take them from conception to to birth basically is it true that everybody has a book sorry is it true that everybody has a book in them
0: um i mean everyone's story is fascinating uh so so to to that extent yes um is it in everyone to write a book Uh, i don't i don't think so i don't think it's necessary um if it's up for someone to write a book then Uh, it's it's possible absolutely Um, what people tend to do uh, which i've observed stops them from getting it finished is they sit down and they just start typing or whatever and before they know it they've got a wall of words uh, and they get stuck at the edit or trying to pull it together into some sort of cohesive message or whatever or they worry about not having enough content and so they just start chucking as many things as they can possibly imagine into the same book, just so they have enough words to justify a book. And they get a bit higgledy piggledy and they get a bit uh, generalist. And what I found is the best books have a very simple message, a very simple uh, way of applying that message and, and a message that can generally help people with a particular issue, whatever that might be and if you can <clears throat> if you can cover these three kind of criteria then you you're on your way to having something that can actually be useful and be finished and be published and get out there um and and that's the thing you know it, it you your book you know In the olden days people would be like you it would probably be you got a book contract you were set you know you're now an author you have a publisher mm-hmm. and you now you know uh, people will go and read it um the way that the market has moved these days, um, it's, you, it's rare to just write a book, pub, publish it and then, well, that's that then, you know, thousands of people read it. Um, you, you, it's, it's a complete package uh, and, the, and, the, and the author really needs to also be willing to get out there and be seen and um, share and, mm-hmm. and be living what they're teaching in the book.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do, talking of an uh, underlying message, do you have an underlying message or an underlying theory or an underlying theme to all of your work or all of your books? And what is that?
0: Yeah. I mean, if I was to, there, there's, I mean, I have talked about very, lots of different genres. You know, I've talked about goals and manifesting. I wrote a book similar to The Secret before The Secret came out, but that was a much better <laughs> brand um, <laughs> and marketing. Um I've written on health and healing a lot, and meditation and um, peace and things like that. Um, uh, the, running through the, the, the core of everything I've, I, I write is essentially resolve the root cause. Um, if I was to kind of summarize it in just a, a few words, resolve the root cause. Because often the, the problem people think is a problem isn't actually the problem, it's a symptom. And so my passion is finding as many different ways to help people go beyond symptoms to actually discover what the real root cause is, whether it's a physical condition or a money issue or a relationship problem or, or whatever it might be. Um, stop treating symptoms and, and discover and resolve the root cause. Now, if you apply that to the different uh, genres that I've worked in, then resolve the root cause gets more specific. So if you, resolve, if you apply that to health and healing, then resolve the root cause looks like okay. <clears throat> people think stress is the cause of illness, but stress isn't caused by stress. Stress is caused by something else. So what's causing the stress? Oh, well, that's a lack of harmony, uh, inner conflict, uh, some sort of unresolved issue or whatever. And so <clears throat> you're going to get in, you know, beyond resolve the root cause into getting more into harmony, heals, and rest is best, and you know other uh, kind of philosophies at the heart of it, but. Overall, um, when it comes to meditation or manifestation or health, my ultimate message, uh, where Resolve the Root Cause takes you to, but beyond all of it, is simply peace is possible. Um, It's actually something that you taught me on the (laughs) meditation course that I attended with you. Uh, It was the second meditation course I'd ever done. Um, and you kind of went, peace is possible. And I, my mind went piss off. <laughs> <So> <laughs> at that point, I was like, Psh. but my my what I've discovered in my own life is peace is possible. And, and it's not only possible, but it's much easier than I thought it was. Um, and so that's really my message. You know, peace is possible. And it's a solution to all problems. Like if, you, if whatever you're dealing with, if you can come back to peace, if you can find the stillness the the presence within uh, if you can come back to who you really are which is peace then that sentence peace is the solution to our problems kind of makes sense because peace is is both an experience but also a reality of who you really are and and so um yeah my my you know saying it last night on my academy supervision session uh, every month we have a supervision session with my academy students and uh what, what was amazing last night was they, they took, it was Christmas time, so they took it as a chance end of year to kind of share how it benefited them and, and, and the change they've seen. And it was amazing how many of them shared like, life is still happening, difficult, you know, you know, things have happened in my life this year, but there's been an underlying peace that has meant there's been no suffering. And I was very touched by that consistent message that came through all the different uh, people on that call. And that's really the message, you know, peace isn't what you think, you know, people think peace is no thoughts, they think peace is no emotions, they think peace is a perfect body, they think peace is uh, world peace, i.e. no no fighting, they think peace is, um, you know, they think peace is some sort of variable thing that uh, I need to try to find by fixing, changing and improving stuff. Uh, And the reality is peace is the context of everything. Um, peace is what every thought is happening within peace is what every emotion is happening within peace is the context of the body and peace is the context of life and so when we can get back to the root of life we discover at the heart of us is this divine delicious delightful uh, presence which is untouchable unhurtable uh, never been offended never been judged never judged Uh, All all the problems people face, you know, we can transcend them by coming back to who we really are and the underlying nature of reality, which is peace, stillness, silence, presence. So, yeah, Um, if there's an underlying message from all the different books, whether it's mind calm, that's about peace with your mind. How can you get peace with it? Um, Or how can you get peace with your emotions? Body calm is obviously peace with your body and, and exploring the secret source of stress and underlying that. You know, calm, cure, how do I get peace with my entire life? My, my, more like my circumstances. You know, life is happening on a spectrum of possibilities. Sometimes you're gonna get what you want, sometimes you're not. And the degree to which you are attached to always getting what you want and resistant to not getting what you, what you don't want, can make sense, you know, resistant to the bad stuff, is the degree to which you're gonna suffer and experience stress and negative emotions and stuff. So calm, cure is about getting peace with life. And Mind Detox, uh, which is the book that comes out 2019 is, it's kind of going back to the roots. It's, 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 uh, it's a technique I, I created in 2005, I think. Um, and that technique uh, has, um, has been used globally. It's, you know, used, in, you know, it's, it's a very popular technique, but I'm, I've gone back to my roots and tried to do a better job writing a book about it. And, um, that's about getting peace with the past. Um, now, although ultimately there is no past, uh, the mind believes there is. And that's why it's mind detox. <laughs> you detox in the parts of your mind that feel justified to dwell on the past. continue to be hurt and, uh, or feel guilty by what's happened in the past. Uh, offended, um, frightened. Um, it's, it's basically helping to you know, heal the mind-body connection, communications, and and the potential root cause events in our past that may be causing physical conditions today or some sort of unhealthy belief that's causing us to behave certain ways. So so Mindy Docs is, is more about peace with the past, but whether, whether however you look at it, at the heart of it all is the message of peace. Peace is possible, it's easier than you might think, and it's a solution to all problems. <laughs>
1: I, I've been aware of your work for a long time, and, and as a Shire, as, as with all your stuff as well. But it still astounds me that it could be that simple. <laughs> you know, just hearing you say that, it's what I what I teach what I live. But I, it, it blows me away. What What do you mean? Could be too simple? Could, could be so simple? Well, just that peace is the solution to everything. That the inner stillness, when you when you contact that, everything gets easier, better, sweeter. Yeah. But that's, that's the magic of what we, we, we
0: share, you know, like it, it's, it's so simple that people are, uh, you know, overcomplicating it so much, you know, and, and the mind doesn't want it to be that simple. You know, even someone listening to this, they might go, yeah, yeah, you don't know my life. You don't know what, what, what I'm dealing with. and How's peace going to help fix blah? But it does. It does. Because what we do know is stress doesn't help negative emotions don't help anxiety doesn't help Excessive of thinking doesn't help worrying about the future or dwelling on the past doesn't help um, these are you know all things that exacerbate and make the matters worse or keep us in a problem cycle where we just keep recreating the same thing over and over again because we're focusing on what we don't want we're invest we're resisting what we don't want and what you resist persists and what you're attached to tends to be like soap in a bath you know kind of slides in <laughs> your hands and so you know, we're, we're needing to learn how to to live in harmony. Harmony heals. Um, and that needs to be a priority in our life. You know, it needs to, it, there needs to be a point where we kind of go, the strategy of trying to think myself out of this problem hasn't worked yet. I been trying that thinking strategy for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's still not brought me to peace. It's still not brought me to a happier life, truly happy. I've never, I still don't feel completely free. I still worry or I feel separate or I feel lonely or or whatever it might be. I feel like there, there's something missing or, or whatever it might be. You know, that thinking habit hasn't been a successful strategy. You know, two of my books are essentially about how to stop thinking so much because thinking is an unseen cause of so much problems you know even B- Buddha said no mind no problem you know and okay. when I first got motivated to meditate which was when my life turned upside down and I was experiencing immense stress and suffering and I, I was you know so mu- so many things were going on and, and I, but I was in that amongst all of that stress and suffering I still had about three to four seconds of peace a day which was the four seconds after I immediately open my eyes, you know, when you, <laughs> Oh shit, you know, that moment just after you wake up in the morning and then your mind kicks in and you remember your day or you remember what happened yesterday or you remember what your problems are. Or you remember what you're dealing with. And like these, these, these three or four seconds did show me that what Buddha said, you know, no mind, no problem uh, was true. Uh, the question is that the, the problem was I didn't know how to, you know, get rid of this thing called the mind, or stop this mind, or um, I didn't know at that point, but change my relationship with this mind is what you know I, I've since learned is, is really useful to do. Uh, so, you know, there's a point where you have to draw a line in the sand and you have to go, look, has that, has that thinking myself through life brought me a 200% life? Has it brought me true fulfillment, true peace, true love, um, and, and a real sense that I'm here fully doing what I'm here to do. Has it brought me that? And if there's any sense of I'm not sure, then that's your answer. Um, and so if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect a different result, that is the definition of insanity. And most of the world is insane because they keep relying on, on, on you know, thinking to try to get them out of problems that have been created by thinking and you can't solve a problem with the same thing that created it in the first place. You know, you can try and positively think, but that just puts you, try and moves you to a more positive part of the mind, a more prettier part of your mind, but all that is a temporary fix. It's a finger on the pipe, but the pipes burst and you need to, like, find out how to turn the faucet off. Uh, and so so the, the importance of learning to find peace and stillness is, is fundamental and until you do that, you're you're controlled and governed by, uh, conditioning, uh, and, and the past, uh, and, and the mind, uh, and, and we don't want that. We want to live free.
1: Hmm. Wow. You use the term living the life you're supposed to live. And it's apparent to me that you're doing exactly that. You have a very powerful, strong sense of purpose and a mission and a life that, seems amazing from the outside <laughs> and I'm sure it is from the inside too. How, how did you find- am Yeah. It amazes me. I mean, amazes- <laughs> I go into the garage, I see a motorbike
0: outside, it's a convertible. I go to my lounge and see a wonderful girlfriend and I, and I'm, I'm living in a beautiful part of Spain with the, the view to, to live for, <laughs> not die mm-hmm. for, but live for. And, and, and I get a chance to spend every day talking about this, sharing this, expanding my experience of, of this. And I do wonder like, you know, how that ended up happening but do you have a question happening there I didn't mean to butt in with like but I, I I'm I don't see that to boast I say that because I'm totally in gratitude and amazement of it too
1: <laughs> well I guess my question was because so many people ask me how, how do I find purpose how do I find my meaning how do I find the life that I'm supposed to live um, do, do you have any ideas on that and, and advice for people looking
0: your purpose is constantly knocking it says, we're not listening. We're talking ourselves out of our purpose all the time. Potentially. I'm not saying everyone is, but I'm, I'm talking to that person that's listening to this that might feel that they are. Um, you know, you don't know why you're here. And that's the main thing that I've discovered. You don't know why you're here. You don't know your purpose. You're not here to know your purpose. You're here to to be 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 and live and become your purpose and what I mean by that is if you can get beyond the limitations of the mind Beyond the fears of the mind and the subsequent control of the mind And if you can just live here fully here giving your undivided attention to only what's presented to you right now Then what's gonna happen is you're gonna bump into your purpose because I personally believe that who you are and your purpose are one in the same. So what does that mean? Well, you have thoughts, but you're not your thoughts. You have emotions, but you're not your emotions. You have a body, but you're not your body. You have a relationship, but you're not your relationship. You have a religion, but you're not your religion. You have a career, but you're not your career. You have all these things happening. But you're not them. Why are you not them? Because they're temporary. They're coming and going. And there's something permanent within you that's observing it all. This is something that's... A, you know you have thoughts because there's an awareness that's aware of your thoughts. You know you have emotions because there's an awareness that's aware of your emotions. You know you have a body because there's still sound awareness that's aware of your body. You know, I had a classical injury this year. I chopped my finger off whilst cutting an avocado. I hear it's one of the most common injuries these days, uh, middle-class injury, I guess. But, you know, I'm, and, and I, I was literally looking at the end of my finger, you know, bit of my finger, you know, sitting on the chopping board. But I, I was fully intact. You know, my body was missing a bit, but I was fully intact. You know, nothing of me had been chopped off. Yeah. So we have a body, but we're not our body. Um, and we have all these other life circumstances, but we're not that. There's something that's permanent, underlying, and present, and aware of it all. But we have an undeniable evidence, if we're willing to seek out that evidence and explore it within ourselves, that there's always something that's aware of everything happening. Does that make sense so far? No, I don't make sense to you. So, but does it make sense? Um, so what do I mean by this purpose and you know who you are and well it, it would it would it doesn't take a huge leap that if this awareness is it's aware and it's always been aware and, and it's the permanent unchanging aspect of ourselves even when we're not aware of it it's still quietly just aware. We we must be that consciousness that awareness. And what if we are here to be aware? What if we, who we are and what we're here to do is actually that? We're just here to show up and observe this life that is happening. And so what I found is the more I've become aware and present, the more I've kind of, uh, the individual me has dissolved into this oneness of, of creation, life itself, just this, this uh, massive aliveness of, of of, of life And from here, I'm just observing what's happening right now. I'm observing my hands moving around, I'm observing this pen being picked up. I'm, I'm observing this life unfolding. And all along, I thought I was creating this life, but actually I was always just observing it. I was always just observing it. I thought, because sometimes I got what I thought I wanted, I was creating my life. But the more I've explored really being present there hasn't been an individual me creating this life. It's just an appearance of that individual me creating this life. What's really been happening is life has been happening. I've been observing it and there's been a mind, you know, a few rows back in the bus, looking at the window going, I'm doing all this. What a great (laughs) job I'm doing, you know, but it's not the case. You know, even science has shown this, that, you know, if you move your little finger the part of your brain that moves a little finger is already activated before you consciously know you want to move your finger does that make sense yeah like how is that even possible if it's me deciding to move my finger then how can my body be ready before i consciously know i want to do it so what's actually driving the bus and in the more spiritual term you'd call it the i will but thy will has always been my will because there's actually no separation between my and thy it's just an illusion of separation so it's always been my thy will but it's not even like giving a power away i was giving the individual egos power away because you have to surrender that to really experience this but it's not giving your power away to thy will because it's not a separate will it's it's you're one with that creative intelligence that will that creates the stars and the oceans and the elephants and the and everything, that will, is, is what's always happening. That's why sometimes you get what you want and sometimes you don't. Well, that, thy will is always happening, but sometimes it looks like you're in charge because sometimes <laughs> I thought you had previously appears to happen. But it never happens exactly how you imagined. There's always differences because it's you're not creating it. You're observing creation, creating itself, experiencing itself through itself forever. So long story short, how do you create, how do you live a life of purpose? (laughs) You align with the ultimate purpose and become uh, uh, enlivened by that. You know, you're just here to observe it. So I'm not writing these books. I'm not creating these techniques. I'm not, you know, riding the Morabike. I'm observing that. I just get front row seats at this thing called Sandy Sutra Atman's Life. And um, it's a delight if you're willing to really stay in the front row and not sit a few rows back thinking about life, judging the hell out of it um, as to whether it's how you think it should be or not. So, so that's kind of, I hope that's kind of made sense, Arjuna. Um, but my, my sense is, you know, if you want to live your purpose, become one with what's creating your purpose, That what's which, which creating the purpose in the first place. And, it's, and a lot of fear or, or judgment people have about this idea of thy will because they believe you're giving your power away to a separate God or something. Um, but that's again rooted in separ- the belief of separation. But if you, if you're willing to transcend separation by giving your undivided attention to where that separate sense of self doesn't exist, where that mind doesn't exist, the mind exists outside the moment, not right here. If you're willing to come fully here, um, you can't help but live your purpose. But your purpose is and who you really are, are 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 one and the same. Wow! <laughs> Thank you. That's,
1: well, that's my take on it. that that was beautiful thank you (laughs) I mean maybe maybe I'm uh, this question is redundant but but what is what is success what is success to you
0: Uh, success is aliveness Hmm. for me how alive how alive am I Um, success is is oneness Uh, you know success is like i've always i've always said well i've said for the last 10 years or so that a successful life is one that is loved by the person living it and that's a you know a quote that came to me a few years ago when i'm writing a book and it's always stuck with me because it's like yeah you know that yeah like a successful life you can have billions of dollars but if you're not loving your life i don't i wouldn't deem that successful i can think you can be completely poor financially and, or, or you can have uh, some sort of illness or you can have uh, not the top job in the organization or whatever that, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to compare it against classical ideas of success. Mm-hmm. But if you're not loving your life, then I wouldn't want you as my mentor. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. Um, who I want as my mentor, and that's why I have the spiritual teacher that I have, it is because I, I I I respect and and you know I expect I respect love anyone that loves their life. I respect everyone, but you know what I'm trying to say that that's that's a value that I really place highly. Um, so for me, a successful life is one that is loved by the person living it. And and if you are listening to this and you go, oh, I'm not loving my life, then then I want you to know that love is closer than you might think. It's it's easier than you might think. It's actually comes from learning to stop thinking because the minute we move into thinking, we start playing a judgment game and the mind's wanting to constantly make sense of reality by deciding if something's good or bad, right, wrong, better, worse, positive, negative, and it's wanting to put everything into boxes. Um, and, and it's even happening now. As I'm talking, your mind's going, is it good? What are you saying? Is it wrong? What are you saying? Is it better than what I already know or whatever? So it's just how the mind kind of operates. Um, and that's where a hell of a life comes from. That's where problems come from. That's where effort and stress comes from. Because when we judge something, and the, mind's some, the mind has judged something, and the mind puts something into a box of bad, wrong, worse, or negative, we've got what we call a problem. And when we've got a problem, our mind becomes active, either on problem solver, uh, we feel compelled to think about how to fix this problem, the mind's just created out of thin air. Um, but I'll come back to that if that challenges anyone. Um, we either go into the pure me, why is this happening to me? It's so unfair, no one else has to deal with this or whatever, so it's pure me. Or the mind can go into the positive guru and it tries to think positively or, you know, try to, you know, think, be spiritual and stuff like that. But it's still thinking. Um, and like I said earlier, you can't solve a problem with the same thing that created it in the first place. So um, that whole, you know, judgment ends up with problems. We often end up resisting it because we don't want it. That creates tension and stress and negative emotions. It's really hard to feel, you know, suffer from anger, sadness, fear, guilt, hurt, grief, anxiety, shame, without judging and resisting something first. And so this kind of combination of the judgment game and the resist persist, uh, they, they lead, it leads to one hell of a life, especially if you bring into the mix the attach catch, attachment, where we believe we can't be happy or loved until something is changed, fixed, or improved, or have achieved something, you know? And so we're constantly striving to... To experience love later, but if we can transcend these just mind-based habits of judgment, resistance, attachment, and time, essentially, um, we 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 can discover that actually, you know, all that was creating a hell of one hell of a life. And if I can come back to the present moment, I come back to a very heavenly life, uh, one where life is happening, but I don't suffer. I don't. I don't. It's just happening, but I don't actually experience it as a problem. It's just unexpected or. Hmm, interesting, fascinating, but it's not like one problem after the next, after the next. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, what am I going to do about it? That's a very different reaction to, oh, this is bad. It's wrong. Why is this happening to me? You know, I wish I was somewhere else or with someone else or something else was happening. Do you know what I mean? That's that's not a very comfortable life. Well, it can become, it's, it's it's not very nice. So I'm all about lo- lo- loving life, uh, and a successful life is one that's loved by a person living it yeah and so how do you move towards love you you move away from judgment now you don't try and stop judgment because that's going to happen anytime you fall out and start thinking because that's what the mind does but when you realize you're judging you're willing to not get caught with believing you know the problem is what you're ju- you know what you're thinking about but you need to see that actually the problem is thinking about something which is which is kind of flipping things around most people believe that the problem is what I'm thinking about when actually the problem is thinking itself because I'm judging it and so if I can see that judgment not be the judge if I can see the judgment and not be the judge and be willing to let it go and just plow my attention into the place and space and time where the the judgment doesn't exist um, which is of the present moment then uh, love can a love for life can 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 grow very gracefully without any need for anything external to justify that love.
1: So you're talking about a person's own judgment inside their own ears, Um, and and you're a public figure, so you get, people have opinions on what you do, what you say, everything. (laughs) What's your advice about, uh, for someone who feels like they're being judged by someone on the outside? Maybe it's someone in their family or their work. Um, what, what's your advice for someone in terms of judgments that comes from an external source?
0: Prioritize your peace. Prioritize your peace. Make your peace more important. Make, make your peace more important than being loved by everyone on the planet. Know, <laughs> know that everybody, until we wake up, is going to be judging the hell out of everything. And that will include you until they wake up. Um, and so just accept that being judged and not liked by people is a completely natural byproduct of them being asleep. And if they had a choice, they wouldn't be living in judgment, they'd be living in love. So they don't want to be judging, they don't want to be hating, they want to be in, living in peace and love, but they don't know how to do it. And so, when you recognize if given a choice, people would choose peace and love and happiness, but they don't know how to, then you stop taking offense and you start moving into compassion, you start seeing that you know, they would rather not be in that hole and it doesn't help them for me to get in that hole and suffer with them and and judge them back for judging me. Like, that's just like mental. And so that's what most people do. They, they get judged and then they judge the other person for judging them and it's just the mind just bounces off itself until the end of time. Literally until you wake up and go beyond time. And so... What you're looking to do if you're being judged by someone else is prioritize your peace. Give your undivided attention to the present moment. Experience the presence of the present moment, which you discover is a, a divine presence of peace. And be the peace that you want to see in the world. Be the love that you want to see in the world. And if you're can, if you being judged, that's your invitation to ramp up your prioritization of peace and ramp up your attention on the presence of the present moment. If, if That is your invitation when you're being judged because... If you can be still and clear and hear at that moment in time, their judgments are just going to burn up in the presence of truth, and they're going to quickly see the illusion within their thinking. They're going to see it quicker because it's not going to be bounced back by your judgment and your mind. So, um, my it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny way of looking at it, but my best advice for for if you're worried about the people judging you is don't judge their judgments because you're just doing the same thing as they're doing to you. You need to be the change you want to see in the world. And we do that by prioritizing our peace uh, and making that more important than being right, being liked, being loved by everyone on the planet. Wow. That's my, my, that's my take on, on like that. It's, you're right. You know, some people are going to be lovers. Some people are going to be haters. They're not doing it intentionally. Um, I was bullied a lot of school, and so it was a big thing I had to transcend personally to be more of a public figure, almost, if that makes any sense. To put my head above the parapet. And my spiritual teacher once said to me, Look, if you're not being judged, then you're not doing your job right. You know, if you're, not, <laughs> if you're not being like people, you're not pissing some people off, uh, you're not doing your job right. Um, you're playing too small, you know, and you're not shaking things up enough. So I'm happy you know, for people not to like me, um, I just wish that they f- would learn how to love for their own sake, you know, yeah. and that's where the compassion comes in.
1: Brilliant. You were just talking about being the change you want to see in the world. And it, so many people tell me "Well, well if I, I can't prioritize my peace because there's, there's so much to do so much that's wrong with the world. If I was at peace, then I would give up and I, it means I don't care. It, what, what's your take on that?
0: It's the exact opposite. When you experience peace, you don't want to leave anyone behind. <laughs> so you become more active, more engaged, more helpful, uh, because you're now part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. Uh, so it, it's, you, you can't, don't, don't wait for the world to wake up. The world's waiting for you to wake up. You know, uh, it's simple as that you know, put your own auction mask on first, otherwise you're gonna not find yourself very helpful. So yeah, and, and when it comes to like people finding it hard to prioritize the meditation or peace or whatever, they say they you know um ultimately they are they're needing to know that it's a it's a prioritization of where you're putting your attention in any given moment. And you don't need a less busy day to direct your attention inward on presence and peace, you know. You need the right techniques, uh, which you have access to. If, you, if you're watching this video, you know people that can uh, give you these techniques if you don't have them already. But, like, y- it takes no time to come back to the present moment. And uh, if it's taking effort, then, then talk to one of us or one of the <laughs> a teacher that can help you to uh, reduce the effort and, um, and rest within the, the presence of peace, which you are. Um, second of all, you know, ha, ha, have a little look at, as to what is, what you are making important in your life. You know, what you, because we all have the same 24 hours and some people choose to send, spend them doing some things and some people do them others. And we often I think we have no choice as to what we do, but that's not really the case. We always have a choice, even if we think we don't. But I have no choice to feed the kids, no, you're choosing to feed the kids <laughs> you know it's like, but as you feed the kids, um, do it from presence, do it from stillness, do it from peace, do it from right here right now and and see how that works out for you, you know um see if the kids are happier, see if the food's tastier, see if it's just a nicer nicer day um so whatever you're doing, you can do it from presence and peace um, and if you are looking to like bring meditation into your daily schedule then you do need to recognize and and make meditation as equally as as important as drinking water eating food and and sleeping because if you don't drink eat and sleep you don't have life if you don't meditate you don't have a life (laughs) why don't you have a life if you don't meditate well generally speaking if you're not meditating you're not cultivating excuse me the skill to Stop thinking about life. You, you, and if you're thinking about life, you're one step removed from life. You're thinking about life, but you're not actually experiencing uh, life like we talked about earlier in this call. So you're really looking to prioritize your peace and recognize that actually that 20 minutes, two or three times a day or whatever to meditate and close my eyes is equally as important as sleeping, eating and drinking enough uh, water. Uh, because it's 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 a it's built into the fabric of, of what's required for life uh, It may sound a bit extreme, but um, you might, That's just my opinion on it
1: <laughs> Before we were talking about success and, and and fully living and loving the life you live Do you have a favorite failure a favorite mistake? <laughs> By that, I mean something that fundamentally shifted you, changed you, woke you up, something like that. Oh my God, I've got so many. (laughs) That's what everyone says.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it a a favorite failure or just a favorite like that was not what I was thinking was going to happen, but it ended up turning out really good?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I once um, went to... San Francisco to catch up with a friend of mine, and I, when I was there, I had a bit of a romance and fell fell for someone. And I, I flew back to be with them a, 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 a while later, and I went into their house, and uh, I just off the plane, and I, I go into the bathroom, and, um, and there's two toothbrushes. and I think, oh, it's really sweet, you know. She got me a toothbrush, and I go outside, and I think that's really sweet. Got me a toothbrush, and she's like, oh no, that's my boyfriend's. <laughs> And I was like, but we're, but she's like, yeah, we can still have fun. And I was like, oh, no, we can't actually. That's not, that's not okay for me. Um, and so I left uh, and and literally in the street off the plane from San Francisco. Uh, sorry, to, you know, from London to San Francisco. And I call up my friend who happened to be in, um, in San Francisco. Uh, I knew that she was staying there. and I went to see her and stay, hang, hang out with her. Uh, for a while and then we ended up talking and she'd written uh, a book for Hay House Publishing uh, that had been, been a bestseller and, and we had this idea of a, a follow-up co-written book uh, and because she was published by Hay House at the time um, I was invited to that meeting because it was a co-written book and so when I was in that meeting we we're just kind of hanging around trying, trying to explain this the concept of this book and they're, all the publishers are like trying to get their head around this concept and then and then they asked, turned to me and said, "So, what are you doing at the moment?" Uh, you know, and I said, "Well, actually, I'm I'm I'm, you know, I'm this that, and the next thing. Oh, and I've also, um, you know, created this thing called Mind Calm." And they were like, "Mind Calm? What's that?" And by the time I got to the you know train uh, to head back after that meeting, they'd offered me a, a book deal for for that uh, Mind Calm book, and um, they didn't want the other book, but they wanted Mind Calm for <laughs> the project and so for me like that that you know getting, going flying all the way to san francisco getting my heart broken but then you know just seeing what why was i there you know being being open to actually going, you know why was i actually why this is not a mistake why am i here okay what's and the first person that came to mind was sasha so i go and call sasha and, and it's like there's breadcrumbs and and perfection and if we're willing just to not dwell on what we think went wrong, but actually kind of always be going, but what now? But what now? But what now? And if you can just kind of keep that, yeah, but what now? Um, that's where I see you get to really experience magic. And uh, there's so many stories I've got in my life of where I thought it was a problem, but actually it was amazing. And it was like the Dalai Lama quote said, Uh, sometimes not getting what you think you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. And that quote has stuck with me since I was like 12 or whatever. I can't remember when I first saw it, but massively important, you know, statement and a sentiment in that can really help uh, reduce our, our resistance to life and open up our curiosity to the magic.
1: Is that always happening? What? Magic. Apparently so. <laughs> it's just whether we're there or not huh
0: yeah i mean it's 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 not like for me i'm constantly having the thought oh this is magic um so it's from pretty personally it's not like oh it's, so magic. oh it's so magic it's not like that it's more <laughs> just like this whole thing is a ridiculously magical miracle this whole thing the whole thing like being here talking to you right now with, with these jelly suits on and these clothes and this microphone and this technology and me here and you there and there's not even like the, the mechanics of that. It's just the whole thing of, you know, no one really knows why we're here. <laughs> really. Uh, and I mean that like, yes, there's lots of, oh, well, you're here to wake up and there, there are things that obviously, you know, seem to make sense and they do to lead to a much more wonderful life if you're willing to play with these possibilities. But ultimately, we, we just kind of arrived in this thing called planet Earth. And, and then for some reason, people play for a few years, if they get a chance to, and then they get really serious. And they try to control every orifice of existence and every moment of their life on planet Earth. And they think about stuff, and they dwell in stuff that happened earlier, and they worry about what's going to happen later. And it's all about preserving and survival, and how do I get by and, you know, keep my chunk of earth and my possessions that i've accumulated so far and we end up owned by the possessions and we own, end up owned by the fear and we end up like things so small and scared and that's not why we're here i think you know we if you had a kid and you and you are they were old enough to to draw and you said draw heaven they would probably draw rainbows and mountains and trees and rivers and lakes and and then we look out the window and we see that and we forget that we're in heaven. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, we, we are here. You know, we already arrived. Like, we got the golden ticket. Um, we, got, we got through the gates, you know, but we need to actually, now that we're here, we need to, there is a price to pay to enter fully into the kingdom. And that is your undivided attention on the present moment. That is the price. Um, it's a worthwhile price. It's a free price ticket really you need to be willing to prioritize it and invest in you know honing your attention so that it can remain here and now and you need to be willing to give up the mind you need to give up the current thought that all the past and future you need to give up the judgment and the resistance but they're not that much fun so why wouldn't you be willing to give them up you know it's like give it get get rid of this painful thing and you can have peace forever it's like okay and that's kind of what i hope everyone can kind of get to as soon as possible you know they kind of see the choice they have and they make the choice uh, that uh serves them and everyone you know so is magical always happening absolutely <laughs> but it's not like i thought about it it's just always happening Wow. Um, hindsight can often help us you know in you know oh that was quite magical like the story about you know San Francisco, um, it was funny though. I went and had you know you have these geo uh, these readings, um, you know with stars. What they call like you know astrology readings and stuff. Yes. And I went to this person, and they also did um, geo astrology or whatever, so that they could tell you like through your your you know your uh, where where are good places on Earth to be, you know. Uh-huh. And they were like they were looking at this, and at one point they went. Oh, don't go to San Francisco. You'll get your heart broken there. (laughs) I was like, yeah, too late for that one. (laughs) Thanks very much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, so fascinating. Anyway, that's just on the side. That's magic as well. You know, how can they know
1: that from the stars? Yeah. Yeah. So if you could go back and talk to your younger self at any time you like, what what words of advice would you give them?
0: Chill out. (laughs) It's all gonna be okay. It's all working out, <laughs> honestly, it's all fine. Yeah. Nothing's forever except who you really are, you know, and um if you go know who you really are, the stuff that doesn't last forever, you can just enjoy it while it's here. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we're here to do. you know that's what I mean, like your front row seats get under by attention, you know be who you really are and that's your purpose and all that sort of stuff. It's like, we're just here to enjoy the ride we're If we can really understand that who we really are is never moved. And we're just this awareness. That's just observing every thought, feeling, behavior, whatever coming by it. Um, then uh, life becomes a lot, a lot more fun. So what would I say to the younger me? I just say chill out and, and stop taking things so bloody seriously. And you can still have a job and have a family and be responsible and not take anything seriously. You know, um, you know, often when people, when I say that to people, I often hear in their eyes, like, yeah, it's okay for you, (laughs) but it's like, well, yes. And, you know, I have, you know, you know, you're, if you just get back to the present moment, you will see the life that has always been kind of waiting for you does that make sense mm-hmm. if your life doesn't seem to be what you would want right now then maybe that maybe that's true maybe you aren't currently on the perfect you know on the ideal scenario if if you were just to get back to the present moment and really make that priority and align with this purpose and let life take you places you don't think you want to go which was a big question my first teacher asked me once and it totally changed my life i wouldn't be living up a mountain in Spain, you know, like the thing I just described to you, I would never have been doing that because when he asked me that question, I was very rigid in my idea of what my life should look like. I was I was on my way to have a fancy place in London and, and all the rest of it, you know, or LA or whatever, you know, I was, <clears throat> had to, you know, that's that's where I thought my life was going to be. And he, he once said to me, you know, are you willing for life to take you to places you don't think you want to go? in order to be free he added that little bit yeah you know it's like oh no actually i'm not but i want to be <laughs> with my answer you know and uh i had started playing with well where does life want me to go well i i can either try and figure this out with with out-of-date thinking and you know concepts and ideas of what i think might make me happy or whatever or i can just come back to the moment and let go and see what presents and when I say what presents, I don't mean you just sit on your couch and you see what presents. What presents is also an intuitive thought, by the way, and an inspiration and an idea to do something or whatever. <clears throat> Let me just you know mention quickly like this idea of inspiration, because what is the difference between like just thoughts and thinking and like inspiration? For me, inspiration is a thought that comes with its own built-in energy to help make it happen. <laughs> That's what my, my, my sense of inspiration is. So it, is, it, it could be like a period like a thought, but it's a big thought. It's like it can almost say like a whole book in, in an idea, you know, in one thought. It doesn't have to be like lots of thinking, but it's like the best things that seem to have happened that have been easier for me seem to be like inspired action. You know, it's a thought that comes with its own energy built into it to actually make it happen. Now here's the problem with inspiration, it's happening a lot, but people confuse that energy built in with fear or anxiety. So that thought arises, it comes with this energy to help make it happen, but we, we mislabel that energy, because it can be intense and it can be like Or we have the thought and then we then don't just go, wow, that's cool, let's do it. We then, hmm, what are the implications of that? Is that possible for me? What would people think about me if I did that? You know, and, and we, and we, and then it just, you know, and, and that that wonderful thing just kind of passes by. That's what, when you get back to the present moment, you get more clear in here. You find that that's, you start living more from inspiration. So I had an idea a few years ago to do a membership website. But it was just like, a, the name came, ComClan. Oh, that's fun. Oh, and it was like, I just and it came with its own built-in energy though. So I just sat down, built the website. You know, maybe seven days later, um, I launched it. And it's turned out to be a really wonderful, helpful resource for hundreds of people. Um, and it's really helped, you know, before I even knew I wanted to live here, it's helped me live here because I don't actually, you know, it's an online income, you know. But it helps people, so that's win-win. Um, so does that make any sense? So like the inspiration arises and the, the trick is to have a willingness to actually act upon it with, with the energy. And then once you've started, the trick is to then finish the job. So commitment is they say is doing the thing you said you would long after the emotion you ha- had when you said you would do it has left you, right? Does that makes sense. Commitment is a thing you, is doing the thing you said you would long after the emotion you had, when you said you'd do it has left you. So you have this initial inspiration, which will get you at the starting blocks and will get you going. But then it does require uh, a level of commitment where you are willing to play within the realms of persisting until you uh, succeed. Um, That's, but personally I get a lot of joy from finishing a job. That might just be my personality trait, you know? I do enjoy that kind of okay. That's that book done, or that's that project done, or whatever. Um, it's fun. So I don't know if that answers your question. I can't remember what your question was. Absolutely, but inspiration. I think that may be useful for some people because I think we can kind of get confused as to what's a useful, thought, what's not, and you know, we start getting confused as to, you know, how do I make anything happen if I'm just going to be present and wait for see what's being presented? And when I say presented, I all include inspiration, which. Has action associated with it, so you know I'm I'm very much active and out there playing with stuff. You know, um, and uh, it looks like there's a master plan, but there really isn't. It's a complete winging it constantly because it's not my plan. So I don't really know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So you can look back and go, "Well, that's pretty cool." Like I did, you know, that's led to that, led to that. But the fun way I for is, is to live with the what's going to happen today. You know what does what does life want me to do today? That's that's fun because if you if you wake up with that, then whatever happens is a bonus, right? And it's if you wake up with a okay, what has to happen today is then we now start bumping up against my plans on equaling life's plan and now we get frustrated or tense or we have to try and fit everything we got to do today in. and but if you kind of sit with the well, what does life want me to do today? And then your kids come in and says, hey, can I have some breakfast? You go, yes. Because <laughs> that's what life is inviting me to do right now. And then this idea comes to, to call a person. You them a call. Um, and da 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 You know, uh, So it, it, it presents. It, it includes action. But it's very much inspiration. And uh, winging it. Wonderful.
1: So if you had a billboard in every city around the world, or you could send every person a text message, what would, what would you put on?
0: It? Discover what it means to be truly alive. Um, it's, you know, I could say the peace is possible and all that sort of stuff. But, but in that moment, my answer would be just, you know, don't die before discovering what it actually means to be truly alive would be my billboard. Um, don't go to sleep tonight before you've discovered what it means to be truly alive, you know? Um, and you just, you know, the goal every day is to is to go to sleep more awake than when you woke up in the morning. <laughs> and um, and that's like, for me, like a really fun thing to play with. And that, to do that, you have to be open to letting life show you where you are asleep, where you do fall asleep, where you do react or, I mean, react is a reaction, but you know what I'm trying to say, like where you do uh, get triggered or uh, dwell on certain things or have special thoughts that you, you know, you find very attractive, you know, like if you go, if you have the intention to go to sleep at night more awake than when you woke up, then that's a pretty cool uh, way to live. I find.
1: Wow. Thank you. Uh,
0: This has been brilliant. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you today and it's, you know you brought out things that i don't normally get to talk about so um hopefully that's a big reflection on you too <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh it, it, it's been thrilling and thank you so much we'll um we'll, we'll press stop now and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon lots of love guys Yeah. Bye for now.